3: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Pittsburgh <laughs> Steeler fans, and it's time once again for another episode of here we go, the Steelers off-season show. As we get ready for the 2022 season, there's a lot to talk about, a lot that's going to be happening. And what we're doing And here we go, we, we always do pregame. And that's in-season. But without games right now, we're kind of doing a pregame for the team and maybe a pre-preseason analysis and what they need to do to get ready for this very crucial 2022 season a season of change in the steel city my name is brian anthony davis co-hosting with me as always is my good friend the coach kt smith kevin what is up
1: hey mr davis good to talk to you i'm um uh, a little excited this week brian i'm, I'm ready to, to jump in because we got some exciting stuff to talk about you know what i
0: love it when you say i Little excited this week because we we hear that a lot, and you're genuinely excited, and that's awesome <laughs> because it, it's great to see how this team is put together from the ingredients to the the actual preparation of it, and we're gonna see if we can have a really good pie in Pittsburgh come you know the beginning of September.
1: Well, I'll tell you what if uh, if we're if we're talking about making pie, it starts with the dough. And the Steelers got a really, a really good ingredient for the dough uh, in the fold this week. And that's Brian Flores. So we're going to have an opportunity to talk about him and, and uh, the things that he can bring to the, to the franchise. Absolutely. A
0: lot to talk about. And when this whole situation happened with Brian Flores, it was one of those deals where a lot of people were thinking, all right, head coach. He's going to be a head coach somewhere. Someone's going to snap him up. He's the number one coaching free agent. But because of the lawsuit, there's a few teams that uh you know kind of put him aside, and which I really didn't think was fair. There are a lot of people saying that no, he he might not get a job in the NFL at all. But if there's any team that's going to go ahead and do that, we were all thinking that it would be the Steelers, one because of the fact that the Steelers have an understanding of personnel and have done this before, bringing in good head coaches to fit in as an either offensive coordinator, an offensive uh, coach, a defensive coordinator, a defensive coach, and they're doing it once again. They they did it before with Ron Earhart. They did it not too long ago with Mike Munchak, and fans are still pining for him. And now they're doing it with Brian Flores, and I think he has a perfect home right now in the Steel City. So my first question for you about this is when you heard the, the news, where was it on
1: your excitement scale? I think it was an 11 out of 10. I was really excited because it's a perfect fit for the Steelers. First of all, there's, there's the the issue of what he brings as a coach, which uh, which you know, fifteen years in the New England Patriots organization, the first four in the scouting department. Which which I don't I don't think I can stress enough how important that is to the development of a coach. Uh, I remember reading some things from some guys that went through that process with Bill Belichick, and just talked about how detail oriented he was, and about how Belichick would give assignments to to young coaches who were applying for jobs, in which he would give them. Uh, a single play, one play to break down and the work involved in the breakdown would take them five to six hours of film and anything that thorough is, is going to prepare you incredibly well to be a coach in the NFL. And Flores went on to have 11 successful seasons as an assistant. He was the play caller in on the defense when they, uh, you know, absolutely shut down Los Angeles and the Rams in, in that 2018 Super Bowl. And then he went on into Miami and and had, you know, progress every season he was in Miami, the three years he was there, the defense got better each season statistically and also in terms of their record. So, so there's that part. But then the other part is the need. You know, I think that is the thing. We talked on the show either last week or two weeks ago about would the Steelers hire a linebackers coach? And I think I talked a little bit about what I see as the value of position coaches and just how important they are. So from a need basis, the Steelers need a linebackers coach. They also, in elevating Terrell Austin to defensive coordinator, they kind of lost that defensive assistant uh, assistant head coach on the, for the defense role that Austin had fulfilled while Keith Butler was the DC. And that's a perfect role for Flores because he'll now come in And in addition to coaching the linebackers, he'll be involved in game preparation, scouting, uh, game planning for an opponent, those types of things. And he's a tremendous X and O coach. So the combination of his experience and what he brings to the table with the need the Steelers had for somebody of his particular skill set is just fantastic.
0: Well, here's something interesting about him. He was a player at Boston College. He was a linebacker there. From 1999 through 2002, he became a scout with the Patriots, a scouting assistant at the age of 23, which is absolutely amazing to think that he has be- been in the NFL with for almost 20 years is absolutely amazing. And look right now, um, the day that we're recording this is Thursday, the 24th. And that is his 41st birthday. So if you're listening to it today, which you won't be because this will premiere a day later, but his birthday being Thursday, he's only 41 years old. He's got a wealth of experience. And I like what you said about being in the Bill Belichick tree. There is nothing better than that, if you ask me, especially as a scout. Because nobody does personnel like Bill Belichick and that is huge for this team and we've seen it we've seen it with the Patriots taking guys that aren't stars elsewhere and making them stars there and they've done very well with that one guy that I love that Flores had in New England and he had also in Miami was Kyle Van Noy there's guys like that that not a superstar. Sure, he was a second-round pick, but did, didn't did do much in Detroit, but got to New England and did amazing things. So they, they're able to find those kind of players and find the right spot for them. So that's where, where I think, above being a coach, I think that's going to be huge for the Steelers. And there's a lot of excitement about this guy coming in because it's always good to have another coach head coach in the building.
1: Right. So, so just to respond to a little bit of what you just said, Kyle Van Noy is a great example of, of what new England did so often that they, they did it with Mike Vrabel when he left the Steelers. And that is to identify a role in their defense. They need filled and it's usually a pretty specific thing and, and they do it on both sides of the ball and then to go out and, and find the guy who can do that thing. And that thing doesn't necessarily mean that that you're a superstar football player. It means that you're going to excel in the specific role that they're going to put you in. With with Kyle Van Noy in in New England and then in Miami. He was sort of the jack of all trades linebacker. He was the guy who when New England wanted to disrupt a quarterback's read progression or try to you know uh, give the quarterback one look pre-snap and then mess with it post-snap he was the guy who so often did that he was very good at uh, walking up the line of scrimmage knowing how to time a blitz look and then a good looper he was a guy that could you know he moved well laterally he was quick he knew how to get skinny coming through the line so that means that he was a pretty good penetrator Um, and so he could rush the passer but he was where he was really valuable was when he would fall off into coverage. And he was great at picking up crossing routes. A lot of times, if you bring a heavy blitz, the quarterback's going to throw hot. And a lot of the hot routes involve quick slants or inside crosses from slot receivers and tight ends. And New England was so good. And then Flores later in Miami was so good at disrupting those routes by disguising their blitz look and then taking a guy like Van Noy um, who who understood the defense, who was smart and knew where to be and exactly how to be subtle enough to, to disguise it, uh, to be the disruptor or the guy in the middle of the field that that you know made that quarterback hold the ball an extra second because he wasn't expecting him to be there. And then next thing you know, he's on his back because the pass rush has gotten there. So, yes, you're you're right. They they would do it on both sides of the ball. I think of guys like James White and Troy Brown on the offense, or Vrabel and Van Noy on the defense, and in Pittsburgh that can be a huge role because we've seen how role players have benefited the Steelers in the past. Like I think about Mike Hilton, you know, he was such a valuable player for the Steelers because of his ability to, to execute a specific role. So Flores can help the Steelers to identify players who can fill specific roles to solve some of the problems they have on defense. That would be a huge asset.
0: That would be absolutely fantastic. And that's what they're trying to do here. So Let's go into the nuts and bolts of how this happened. We talked about a little bit at at the beginning on, you know, how he was expected to just jump into another head coaching situation right away, just like in Houston, probably was where a lot of people thought he was going to go right away. Then he had interviews, three other places, the lawsuit came, the accusations came and fans felt excuse me um teams seem to have felt all right we it might be a little toxic this might be a li- we might uh have to have a little hands off here so after that happened a lot of people were saying well I mean Steelers need a defensive coordinator but a lot of people knew it was going to be Terrell Austin but how long do you think it took for the Steelers to make a decision on this. I kind of think that they knew right away that they were going to try to do this if he was available. So I think this has been in, in the works a while.
1: That's my suspicion as well. Obviously, we don't know exactly how it all transpired, but my suspicion is once once they knew Keith Butler was leaving, once they saw the Flores situation pan out a little bit and they understood that By Flores' own admission, he said it himself. He said, I I realized that I may have disrupted or or jeopardized my my NFL coaching career by filing this lawsuit, but he also felt that it was something he needed to do. And so if that meant that he was now going to have to back off for a year uh, or or just that teams weren't going to take a shot at him, uh, obviously, I think for the Steelers, the combination of need, availability, and, and, and who he is and his qualifications made him attractive. So it would not have surprised me in the least if Mike Tomlin identified that early. And, you know, I, again, who knows how, how it all went down? Did he, did he call him up and say, like, hey, look, Brian, if you, if you get a better opportunity, you know, take it, go for it, good luck. But if not, we'd love to have you here. And it wouldn't shock me at all if something like that went down. Because this team should
0: have hired – a linebackers coach an outside linebackers coach a long time ago. This should have happened two or three weeks ago or right after Terrell Austin, maybe. I mean, this is something that they very well could have done and needed to do. So I feel like they just had to bide their time and got their man. So I'm feeling really good about this as well. And I think when it happened, there was a lot of, surprise and excitement like you said but you said 11 out of 10 i mean i think i'm right there i could exaggerate and say 15 out of 10 because i loved it but the thing about it is it was a surprise when it happened but it wasn't a surprise in a way it made a lot of sense when it happened for so many different reasons but the biggest thing for me is the fact I know he's had a relationship with Mike Tomlin. There's been a lot of respect there, but the fact that Mike Tomlin could bring in a guy like this, like he's done before and have a head, another head coach in the building and not feel threatened. And a lot of people, a lot of people in our message boards have said that, you know, Mike Tomlin likes to control his coaches and let everybody know that he's the man. And I don't think that's the truth there. I think this is going to be a great relationship here. The only thing I'm concerned with is the fact that he might not be here long. So what are your thoughts on that? And furthermore, how long do you think he's going to be here until he gets another
1: gig? To the former point, I was talking about this on Jeff's show a little bit, uh, a few days ago. And he, he asked me like within our, my own coaching staff here. And again, I know I'm just a high school coach and the, the, you know the similarities are, are not real, you know, dra- dramatic. But um, I and he asked me like, do you or do you want guy young guys that you can mold, or do you want experienced guys who 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 may have, uh, you know, a lot a lot to say, and and then you got kind of have to manage the chemistry and the egos. And I said, give me the latter. Give me the most. I want the most knowledgeable guys in the room, and then put it on me as the head coach. It's my job to manage that situation and make sure everybody understands their role, what their job is, and that you know the input we have is constructive, but not ego driven. That's on the head coach. And so if you're afraid of good ideas because you're too insecure to, to handle them and you need all the credit or you need to have your stamp on everything, I think that that's a recipe for failure. And Tomlin is not that guy. Uh, I, I don't think that he's that guy a- at all. And, uh, and it shows because he's had some strong egos and some strong personalities, Bruce Arians and Todd Haley. I mean, those guys are not wallflowers. You know, those are guys <laughs> who, who, you know, they will speak their mind for sure. And I don't think that, uh, and, and given the fact that they all, they've all they all had head coaching ambitions and the two guys I just mentioned have been head coaches, um, that also speaks to another thing, which is the fact that Mike Tomlin knows that his job is secure. I mean, if you're if, if you feel like you have any questions about your job security, do you bring in Brian Flores? You know, I, you know I, I just think that, you know, you, you don't. So if you're if you're Mike Tomlin, I think you feel pretty good about your situation. I think you've talked about this with the Roonies, that they've given you their blessing, and, and that you understand he's a guy that makes your football team better. And it's on you to figure out how everything, where all those coaches work together to, to get the relationship between Austin and Flores and Tomlin himself, who has a heavy imprint on the defense, to, to, to get that relationship right so that we can be the best defensive staff possible.
0: That's absolutely what I need to hear there. And I think a lot of fans need to hear that as well. So I'm really excited about this hiring. And it's going to bring some help to the Steelers in different ways. And we are going to go ahead and talk about that when we come back for the second half of, here we go, the Steelers off-season show from BTSC. Welcome back to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. He is K.T. Smith, and we are talking the Steelers offseason building this team. And a new building block is in courtesy of the hiring of a linebackers coach and a defensive assistant. Now, usually no one gets excited about an assistant coach that's it's an assistant to a coordinator. But this is different. This is like the Mike Munchak hiring eight years ago or so. This is a pretty big deal because you have a guy with head coaching abilities who has was a pretty good head coach in Miami for what he was handed down there and what he did. And also four-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots And that goes a long way as well, especially the fact that he was in the scouting department. He was, I believe, a linebackers coach there as well. Ended up being a coordinator, ended up going down to Miami. So when you're learning from Bill Belichick, and we talked about that earlier, that's a big deal. One thing we touched on, and I don't know if I got your answer from this, Kevin, is do you think he gets redemption right away? And I want to say redemption because there's a lot of people that thought that he might be completely out of the league, but how many years do you think he stays in Pittsburgh? And I know that's looking way ahead and it doesn't matter right now, but do you feel like this could very well be a short-term deal because he's going to get other offers?
1: Could have catch 22 because the better the Steelers do, the more likely it's a short stay for Flores. If the Steelers defense shows tremendous improvement over where, where they were this past year, especially in the run game, where if Flores is credited with, you know, doing a a great job here in Pittsburgh, I'd be shocked that he doesn't get a a better offer somewhere else, whether as a defensive coordinator or as a head coach. Uh, I would imagine he's got aspirations to be a head coach again. And uh, we don't know how his lawsuit with the league is going to shake out and what, what the uh, effects of that are going to be but it seems likely that a young guy as talented as he is with his resume will get another shot. So I don't know how long he'll be here. I just hope the Steelers maximize him while he is here, which, you know, kind of gives, brings us to another subject, which is what exactly will be his role and what, how much of an imprint will he have uh, on the defense this year?
0: Well, tell me that. What are your thoughts on what he brings on the playing field now? there's other advantages to him and we've kind of touched on that, but we're going to go a little deeper into that. But as far as the play of this defense,
1: what does he bring? So I'll talk quickly about two things that that he did in Miami that were, that were really effective uh, one against the run. So the Steelers, as we know, had a terrible run defense this past season, one of the worst any of us can remember and our you know, And that was the product of injuries and some poor linebacker play and things like that. So there are reasons for that. But from a scheme perspective, Flores ran a, a lot of uh, what we call a 3-4 tight front, which the Steelers are a base 3-4 defense. But the tight front puts the two defensive ends in what's called a 4-I technique, which is, which is just uh, on the inside shoulder of the offensive tackle. So they're shading the inside of the offensive tackle. In essence, they're occupying the B-gap. And the B gap is really the sweet spot for most run games in the NFL. The, the inside zone scheme, which every every team in the league runs, is really is a B gap scheme in the NFL. And power and counter, which are the big gap schemes that teams run, that's a B gap play. And so really what it does is it forces the tight front forces offenses to double team those defenders in the B gaps, which oftentimes frees the linebackers up to run to the football. And if a team has a really good nose guard, a guy to play right on the head at the center, they can force one-on-ones out of the tight front uh, with, that, with that guy. And he can be a big disruptor if he can beat the one-on-one blocks in the center. Uh, so really what the philosophy of the tight front is, is we're going we're gonna to clog the B gaps, use a good nose guard to take care of the A's, and let our backers run to the ball. And offenses are going to try to get to the edge. and try you know They're going to try to run outside zone and, and get outside on that front. But, but athletic defenses like the Steelers are usually pretty good at, at running stuff down in the alleys. So it wouldn't shock me at all if that's uh, a scheme that the Steelers explore. Now, to do that, uh, a key ingredient is Stephon Tewitt. Uh Because, boy, a Tuit Hayward, Alu-Alu front. Whether Tewitt's on the nose or Alu-Alu's on the nose, either one of them. I personally in the tight front kind of like Tuit because of his athleticism. I think he's a, he'd be a nightmare for centers to block one-on-one. Um, would be a really exciting look for the Steelers. But, of course, we don't know what's going to happen with him and whether he has the desire or, or he's healthy enough to play football again. That's very
0: true. And I actually uh, took some solace in the fact that Art Rooney, excuse me, not Art Rooney, um, Kevin Colbert mentioned it the other day that they have been in conversations with him. And it kind of made me feel that that Colbert feels he's going to return. Uh, but he didn't come right out and say it, but it gave me that little bit of an impression. So that would be very big for someone like Tua to be back. And he also talked about Alu Alu in the middle. And that's the kind of guy that, you know, he's going to be 34 years old, but a guy like Flores could help elevate a guy like number 94, Tyson Aloalu.
1: He certainly could and he's a versatile player and uh, and again if if you're playing a little bit more of your base 3-4 a little more of that tight front you're simplifying Aloalu's role uh, which as you get older and maybe ask him to do a little bit less and that can benefit him too. The other thing I would mention real quick is is that when you look at what Flores likes to do in the secondary Miami played a ton of man coverage in the last 2 years they, ha- they played over 50% of their snaps in cover zero or, or cover one. And they did that because they were really aggressive with their, with their uh, blitz looks and their, and their bluff schemes and the movement of their front seven. They, they did a great job getting into like, what's sometimes referred to as mug looks, which is like where you put seven guys right on the ball or six guys right on the ball. Uh, and you're and you're in essence challenging the offense to decide who's coming and who's falling back into coverage, or what run gaps are being plugged by which defenders. It's a it's a movement front where you're getting an awful you're getting very creative up front, uh, and but in order to make it work, you, you have to be able to play some cover one, cover zero, and he was able to do that in Miami. He had a couple really good corners in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, and those guys were able to handle uh, being on an island and. In those situations, um, and so I, th- I think about that in Pittsburgh, where the Steelers have increasingly in the last couple of years gone more cover zero, cover one themselves, but with their cornerback situation in flux, we don't know what's going to happen with with Joe Hayden or, or Akella Weatherspoon. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Is that a position group the Steelers target as they look towards twenty twenty two? Are are they considering? And really what we're we're talking about now is how much impact is Flores going to have on the scheme? Are they considering maybe implementing some of the things that Flores has had success with? And if they do so, what are they going to have to do personnel-wise to accommodate it?
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about that. And not, not a lot of people are talking about Terrell Austin in this entire equation. He is the defensive coordinator. He is an assistant head coach, I believe. He is up there as far as being very important to this team. I don't know if he has that role exactly, but he is high up on the food chain for the Steelers coaching staff. And obviously he's welcoming this guy in and he feels he could work with them. But a lot of people are thinking, oh, Flores is going to come in and do all these things. Flores is going to come in and add to Terrell Austin. And I think that's huge. And that relationship, a lot of people are going to think it's going to be solid because they're not bringing him in without the blessing of a guy like TA. So with that being said, how does that make you feel on not just adding another great defensive mind, but adding a great defensive mind to a guy who really helped Keith Butler be able to do the things that he did the last couple of years, because we were talking about the defense in a lot different manner before he showed up in 2019 and he being Terrell Austin.
1: Yeah. So this would be interesting because Austin, when he was a defensive coordinator in uh, Detroit, he, he played a lot more zone and was, he was a guy who really felt like if a team was fundamentally dominant and they executed the scheme, well, then the scheme wasn't as important, more so that it was, it was the execution of the scheme. And I, you know, honestly if we're you can pick pretty much any scheme you know uh, whatever defense you want to pick you you know all right we're gonna be a three four or a four three we're gonna be a, a man coverage team or a quarters coverage team right we're gonna run a spread offense a 21 personnel power offense whatever you know you can pick a scheme if if, if you got the right guys to run it and you're great at executing it you're going to be successful. so so the interesting thing about the the blend between Austin and Flores is that, Flores loved his scheme and found the right guys to execute it. And Austin was a big believer in being fundamentally dominant and teaching players, you know, sound execution of a scheme as well. Those two schemes didn't exactly mesh, but I can see them sort of complementing each other where you where Austin essentially says, hey, I want to I want to be able to to be in cover two looks or I want to be in quarters looks, which are two of the schemes he ran a lot of in Detroit. Um, and, but I also want to be versatile enough to be able to, to integrate a lot of the stuff that Flores did. I I want to be able to rush four and fall back into seven man coverage and be good enough in our zone responsibilities to just be able to say, Hey, TJ, Watt, get to the quarterback and we're going to play sound coverage behind you. And then on the next series, now, once an offense has said, all right, how are we going to adjust to that? Look, I want to be able to get into a mug look like Flores ran where there's seven dudes at the line of scrimmage and we're lined up four across in a cover zero look. And now we're going to make the quarterback decide who's coming, who's dropping into coverage. We're going to mess with his post snap reads, et cetera. I mean, if the Steelers can be a flexible, versatile defense by integrating some of the things Flores likes to do with some of the things Austin likes to do, they could be really tough because that, that puts a lot of pressure on offenses to be right. So,
0: How do you think this is actually going to go? Do you feel like that he can come in and, with the addition of Terrell Austin, you know, calling the shots? Do you feel like this is going to be a a big, a good mix, especially with the fact that you have the reigning defensive player of the year? And by the way, a great show with Dave Schofield this morning on, uh, well, actually Thursday morning, with talking about uh, how teams do not just the year after, but two years after having a defensive player of the year. So having T.J. Watt there with a scheme that is going to be just as heavy on rushing the passer, it should be pretty good. And I kind of feel that not just uh, Flores but Austin, too, are going to elevate these guys even more. And I think this could be a top 10 defense again. Are you feeling that way?
1: Well, as far as T.J. Watt goes, you might not see him, him have the sack numbers he had in the past, simply because when you, when you put up 22 and a half sacks, you're going to draw an awful lot of attention the next year. But if you, if you look at, at at a lot of what Flores did, that could be to the benefit of the defense as a whole, because he's a guy who really, because of the various different looks that he, he created, um, the sacks were spread around. Like for example, Brandon Jones, who was a safety in Miami last year, had five sacks. I mean, if you're a safety and you get five sacks, it's not because you're a great pass rusher. It's because the scheme has freed you up to get to the quarterback. And so if if you can take some of what Flores does and, you know, fold that in to complement the fact that offenses are going to overcompensate to stop T.J. Watt then you might see the sack totals of other guys like, like Hayward, like uh high maybe even like some of the D backs, maybe a, you know, uh, a, our slot corner guy, whoever uh, you might see those sack totals go up as far as though, know, how it's going to work. I, again, to go back to some of what I said earlier, I really think that's on Mike Tomlin. I think that Fleurs is being brought in to accentuate what Austin and Tomlin want to do, not to take it over. And, uh, Because I do think that they understand he's going to have better opportunities down the road. I don't think this is a Flores is here to replace Austin uh, move, unless it goes terribly wrong with Austin for whatever reason. Uh, So I think the Steelers are going to try to use him to be as fundamentally sound from a positional standpoint, obviously help the linebackers, but also pick his brain uh, about the things that he does uh, scheme-wise that they can use just to improve on defense and I think that's the way to go that's the right move to sort of keep the balance among the coaching staff
0: okay that's on the field but getting these players on the field is a big big deal and that is recruiting how much of a recruiter do you think that Brian Flores is going to be for this team and do you think a lot of guys are going to follow him that had experience with him in New England and especially in Miami I,
1: I don't know if you saw, but Joe Hayden uh, tweeted out almost immediately after the news broke that Flores was coming, uh, you know, just to, his, his approval and, and lauded the Steelers for being the organization that they are, for being an organization that, uh, you know, will reach out to a Brian Flores in a situation like this and bring him in. Um, so obviously he, he liked the move. I don't think guys are going to leave big chunks of money on the table to come to Pittsburgh because Brian Flores is here. If, if the difference is $15 million between here and somewhere else, they'd be crazy not to take the $15 million. But if the difference is minimal, uh, I, you know, I think that this hiring resonated with players in the league. I think that they recognize what, what the Steelers have done here and, and it's a high character move and he's a great coach and, and, a certain type of player will gravitate to Flores. I don't think guys who have big egos and and who want those egos stoked are going to gravitate to him because everything I've read about him is that he's demanding and he's tough. You know, anybody who comes out of the Belichick tree is going to be like that, but they also recognize he's a great coach and that if you want to get better, be around guys who will push you. And so the combination of that and the fact that the Steelers have once again shown themselves to be a a class organization that stands up for what's regarded around the league as the right the right causes will certainly be attractive to some players
0: it will and I think that's a great point as well and you gotta think you brought up something very important you know the kind of guys that you just explained there are the kind of guys that kind of fit the Steelers it's the Tyson Aloua It's those guys that are pieces of the puzzle that this guy elevates. And I really think that's what makes a team like the Steelers even more dangerous in 2022. And it can make them dangerous right away, especially with some cash in their pockets to be able to spend. Look at those New England defense. They did not have stars like crazy. They had some great players, but in recent years, and when this guy was there, Flores, this team was better because they had a lot of pieces of the puzzle. And I always thought that they operate a lot like the Steelers do. So I'm really, I'm really jazzed to see exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of positive fallout and not much negative fallout out of this move. So, a fantastic offseason move for this team is he the savior of the steelers absolutely not but he can do a lot to make this team really really good in the future and with that money in their pocket to spend that's going to help too and especially what you said about it being a character move and other players recognize it because this is this is a uh, a hot topic because of the things that were alleged in the lawsuit so players are definitely paying attention to this so with that being said I think it is a huge win for the Steelers it's a great hire and I'm even more excited this is the most excited I've ever been with them hiring an assistant assistant coach
1: yeah when they hired Munchak I was really excited and I just felt like he was the right guy for the, for the situation and, and their area of need. And this is really the same thing. Here they, here they have a situation where, you know, the defense has sort of fallen off and really kind of needs to get, uh, to get tougher in the front seven. And here's a guy who is symbolic of toughness up front. And then they've got a need for a linebackers coach. And here's a guy who's coached linebackers at an incredibly high level. And then they need somebody to, to fill sort of the senior defensive assistant role, given that that was Terrell Austin's, and he's now stepped up to be the D.C. And here's a perfect candidate for that role, given his background and his expertise. So it really is just sort of, you know, every once in a while, man, and all the kind of stars align for you. And it, it, it certainly feels that way with, with this hiring.
0: Well, it's building a team with a huge building block in Brian Francisco Flores. Happy birthday to him on Thursday of this week. So on the 24th, he just turned 41. Once again, a huge hire. So Kevin, thanks so much for coming in. We're going to be doing this again next week as we explore what the Steelers are doing, how they're putting together this team, leading all the way up to the preseason. So here we go. It's the Steelers pregame show. And thank you so much, Kevin.
1: Thanks, Brian. Everybody Have a great week.
0: All right. You too. For Kevin Smith, I am Brian Anthony Davis. Remember, BTSC for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. Lots of great shows this week. Jeffrey Benedict's from the cutting room floor. Michael Beck with the live mic. I mentioned Dave Schofield, stat geek. What Yin's talking about, great this week as well. Also, don't forget the Steelers draft fix with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar. We're still talking about the Steeler Power Half Hour, which will be on Saturday as well. All those YouTube shows, check them out. And don't forget about Let's Ride on Friday morning with Jeff Hartman. And as always, he brings in Blue Check Beck. And last week he brought in, well, Monday he brought in um, a great star in one KT Smith. So check out all those shows and everything else and on the editorial side as well great articles too if you love to read more than you love to listen so with that being said we need you to do three things be safe be true to yourself and always be behind the steel curtain once again for kevin i'm brian keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the hypocycloid <laughs>